Hey everybody, it's Lon Seidman. It's time once again for your weekly wrap up. And this week I thought we would talk a little bit about YouTube alternatives. Over the next couple of weeks, I'll be teaching a class at my alma mater, the University of Hartford. I even got my own ID card now for my faculty position. And we're going to be looking at entrepreneurial approaches to media in the 21st century. And that of course involves making your own content and putting it on platforms like YouTube. And I was curious to see what else might be out there these days that might be good for creators to look at beyond just YouTube. So we're going to look at some of the things I've been playing around with over the last couple of days, and I'll be looking for some feedback from all of you as well. Let's get to it. So right now I am uploading to four different platforms, and the two big ones for me are YouTube, of course, but also Amazon. In fact, Amazon is as big for me now as YouTube is. And what Amazon has is an influencer program where you can upload videos and have those videos live on product pages. So if a product I'm reviewing is on Amazon, I will put that video up on the Amazon site. And for you as a viewer, what's great about the Amazon page is that it's ad-free. It's all based on affiliate revenue for the creator. And it's been a really good fit for what I do. And you can see more about this in a video that I did a few weeks ago, which I'll link to down in the video description. Another platform I've been enjoying quite a bit is Floatplane. Now this is a subscription platform, and there's only about 14 of you right now currently subscribed, but this is part of the Linus Tech Tips media empire. And what I like about it is that they, first of all, let me in when I requested if I could have a slot on there. And it's really a nice place to park my content because you know, if anything ever happens to YouTube, at least I'll have my, my content kind of archived over on Floatplane along with my uh, personal backup. And I do think that there is a lot of potential for tech creators on this uh, Floatplane platform because this is another good fit for me. I do tech content and Linus has an enormous audience that I think uh, would enjoy consuming more tech content on his own platform. So I'm going to be uploading there even if I have no subscribers because it's something that I think has a lot of potential in the future. Uh, a more recent addition is Spotify. And as many of you know, Spotify has been making an aggressive push into podcasting. So what I have been doing is taking this show and any interviews that I do and putting it up on my podcast feed. But on Spotify, I can upload it as a video. And I'm using their Anchor.fm platform. So when I finish this show, I take the video and upload it to Anchor just like I would to any of these other video platforms. And they convert it to audio for people that are using podcast tools like uh, Pocket Casts are one of those kinds of apps. But if you're on Spotify, you'll get a video. So if I select one of my prior wrap-up shows here and hit play, it'll actually play back the video just like it appears on the other platforms. And if I put my phone on standby, the uh, video of course will go off, but the audio will keep playing. And if you're watching Spotify on a television or something, this will also work on a TV. And I think there's a lot of potential here, just like I think there's a lot of potential with Floatplane. It doesn't add much to my workflow, so why not do it and see where this goes? And this is a beta program on Anchor. There's not a lot of us in it just yet. And I've always found that being early on something is a great place to be. So we'll have to see how both Floatplane and Spotify here develop over time. But there have been some failed efforts along the way. One of the big ones was Facebook. Uh, and a couple of years ago, Facebook was very aggressively courting YouTube creators to try to build up their new video feature on Facebook. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out to be much of anything. In fact, they took all the content but paid out very, very little compared to other platforms. In fact, I think I've 
probably made enough ad revenue off of Facebook to maybe buy a coffee at Starbucks. Not a latte, but just a coffee. And I stopped uploading to Facebook as a result. And it was really disappointing because they were really trying to work with us. I had somebody that they assigned to me. I had regular calls with this person. Uh, the initial advice was upload all of your content as soon as you can so we have it in the library. And then that person disappeared. They assigned me somebody else who told me the exact opposite. Don't upload all of it. It's going to screw up the algorithm. And then that person disappeared. And I haven't heard from anybody since. I've stopped sending video to Facebook because it just hasn't been working for me. I don't get a lot of views. I don't get a lot of revenue. Even when I go live on Facebook with 13,000 followers, I get maybe one or two people actually watching. So it's just a dead platform as far as I'm concerned, at least for the Facebook page. I do have my YouTube links automatically getting posted to the Facebook page uh, whenever something goes up. But those are links to YouTube and not the video themselves. We do, of course, have the Facebook group, which is a very successful uh, effort for the channel. But again, I don't put any video content on there. That's a place for me to connect with many of you. And unfortunately, I just don't think Facebook is really good for independent creators, primarily because they are so stingy in sharing revenue. And it's something that I think they really need to work on if they want to attract more of us to their platform. Now, a few other failures were due to the platform that was hosting the video going out of business. One of them was Vessel. And Vessel was launching itself kind of as a premium version of YouTube where they handpicked the creators that went on it. And I was reached out to very early on in my channel's life, actually. It was very flattering to be asked to join it. And I lasted all of about two months on there before they went out of business. And you can read more about why the platform failed on the link that you see on screen. Now, another one that I tried out became a victim of its own success. It was called VidMe. And they were trying to launch a friendlier platform for smaller creators like me. And I immediately jumped on it, along with a lot of other people. What was cool about their platform is they made it very easy to bring your content over from YouTube. You just gave them the YouTube link, and they just brought everything over automatically. It was really cool as a creator. The problem, though, is that they could not support the infrastructure. They were getting a lot of viewers, but it was expensive to run the site. And there's a great blog post uh, that the founder wrote uh, at the link you see on screen here about some of the challenges that they ran into trying to create a YouTube competitor. Uh, one of them was that videos, of course, are large files, and they're getting even larger as 4K video is becoming more common. Uh, they also had issues just getting the videos delivered to people in a way that was similar to YouTube because to get streaming video to really work well, especially live video, you've got to have CDNs all over the world, and those CDNs charge by the bit to deliver video to users. So the more users they had, the higher the cost was on it, and they speculate about how much YouTube is probably burning just to provide their service at the scale that they do. They also had some issues with advertisers because uh, they needed to be brand safe. This was back to the adpocalypse days of YouTube, of course. Uh, but they also had issues with the fact that they weren't as large as YouTube and they couldn't command the kinds of money uh, that YouTube commanded because even though they were getting a lot of viewers, it was still just a fraction of what YouTube provided and advertisers didn't see a lot of value in that. And when you look at how big YouTube is, you can get a feel for how hard it is to launch a competing application and be successful. Uh, this is the Comscore report from December on mobile apps. We don't, of course, get any data from these companies themselves, but a lot of these data analytics companies take their best guess as to where 
different platforms are falling in insofar as popularity is concerned. And month after month, YouTube tops the list. It is better or more popular than Facebook. It's definitely better than Facebook, in my opinion. It's even more popular than Gmail and Google Maps and a bunch of other stuff. Interesting, though, is that look at Amazon's mobile app, number six on the list. And a lot of the videos that I post to Amazon end up in their app, including my live streams, right? So you can see just on the mobile side how powerful and pervasive YouTube is. By the way, TikTok that everybody's talking about, it's like number 15. If you look at the web versions here, uh, YouTube tops Facebook here as well. And what's most interesting is that the average view duration, which is very valuable in this business, is double that of Facebook, 21 minutes to 10 minutes, which is substantial. Um, so you can see just how even with all the controversy that YouTube deals with here and how many people just want to get off YouTube and watch their content someplace else, most of the world is still watching YouTube. And in fact, I would venture to say there's more people on YouTube than Netflix and many of these other paid services. And that's just how powerful this platform has become and how difficult it is to launch a true competitor. Now, one thing that I've noticed throughout all of these failures is that it's hard to get people who follow you on one platform to move over to another. We have seen over the years these blockbuster deals that Twitch or Spotify might offer a creator to make them exclusive there, but it's often hard to get the audiences to come with them because if people really find a lot of what they're looking for on YouTube, they're not likely to go over to a new platform where they're going to have to build up a list of people to follow all over again. And what I've seen is that on Amazon, a bulk of my followers came to me from Amazon directly who were browsing product pages or saw one of my live streams as opposed to people coming from the YouTube channel over to Amazon. There are, of course, a number of YouTube viewers who follow me in both places, but I would say a bulk of my Amazon audience came from Amazon, and that's where those folks consume the content that I produce. And this was something that the VidMe founder noted uh, in trying to build his platform. He found that creators really had a hard time getting people over to VidMe. And without that massive captive audience, they were seeing that their channels weren't growing as quickly on VidMe as they were on YouTube. And making it more complicated is the first bullet point that the VidMe founder notes here, which is that Facebook and YouTube deprecate links that take people off of the platform. So for example, if I went on Facebook and said, hey, follow me on VidMe, uh, Facebook is not going to put that post up in front of my viewers because it's sending people someplace else. I could, of course, pay Facebook to put that link in front of people, but for the most part, uh, these algorithms are designed to keep people who are on these platforms to stay there and not go over to a competitor. So it's really hard to bring your audience with you. And there's a chicken and the egg kind of problem here if you're trying to launch a competing service. So I think for something to work, discoverability is key to all of it. The reason why Amazon is working for me is that my content is discoverable because it lives on a product page. People are not looking for me. They're finding me because they're trying to get information about a product they're about to purchase. And if they like what I presented, they'll click the follow button. And that's kind of how I built things up here on YouTube. You almost have to start from scratch in each place. And if the platform doesn't have a good engine to help people discover content, I think it's gonna be a dead end at this point as a true competitor to YouTube. And there are some platforms that I am experimenting with just to see what might work. Now, one that I have tried and I'm not that crazy about so far 
is Rumble. Uh, this is one of these competitors that's springing up, trying to be about free speech and everything. The problem, though, is that I'm not seeing any traffic here because they don't have a discoverability engine, and I don't think a lot of their content is geared towards tech, unfortunately. And of note is that they are also demonetizing videos that talk about controversial topics. And the odd thing here is that Rumble demonetized this video, but YouTube didn't. Uh, but I haven't had more than maybe 30 or 40 views of all of the content that I uploaded there. So I kind of took a break from Rumble to see if maybe they can build out a better discoverability engine. But right now, Rumble doesn't feel like something that's going to work for me. Another one that I'm interested in checking out is Library or Libri and their associated website called Odyssey. And this is a blockchain-based video platform. Again, they've got a lot of the same problems that all these other competitors face in that it's hard to get discovered and it's hard to bring people over. So for example, this is the front page of Odyssey as it appeared yesterday. All of the videos that you see on this front page are not being algorithmically suggested. They are being placed there by human curators who run the platform at the moment. And you'll notice perhaps a familiar face or two on the front page. One that I recognized was Camelot331, who is a commentator on working at retail establishments. He's quite entertaining and fun to listen to. And he's right here on the front page. And you would think that might generate some traffic, but not really. So over the course of the two days that this video was up there on the front page, he accumulated about 1,700 views on this platform. But on YouTube, he's getting close to 20,000 views over the same period of time. And this is why I think having recommendation engines on these platforms is really important because it's not going to work trying to get people to leave YouTube and follow you someplace else. But what does work is to get the people that are on that new platform to discover new content that might keep them on longer. And this is one thing that the folks at Library Odyssey are talking about doing for the coming year, which is generating an, a recommendation uh, algorithm to help people find new content to watch. And I and many others often gripe about this algorithm and how it doesn't suggest things to people when it should. But at the same time, I do think these algorithms are really key to getting discovered and found. And I think that might be the missing link that all of these competing platforms have been missing. So we'll have to see if this recommendation system works and I'll put some content up there to see if it does when they get that launched. But remember, at the end of the day, these emerging platforms just don't have anywhere near the traffic that YouTube has day in and day out. The scale of how big this YouTube audience is is just impossible to get our heads wrapped around but it is so much larger than what anyone can ever dream about that it's going to be very difficult to have some platform emerge as the alternative overnight. It's going to take a decade or more, and a lot of bad things have to happen at YouTube for that to happen, in my opinion. Now, one platform I've been playing around with that has a pretty decent-sized audience is Instagram, and they had this IGTV thing running for a while where you could upload videos from your browser, uh, they got rid of it, but they still let you upload long-form video from the browser, but I'm really struggling with it. This is what happened yesterday. My browser just kind of sat here at this spinning wheel uh, when I uploaded my Plex video that I did over the weekend. But to my surprise, when I woke up this morning, here's the video on Instagram, and people are finding it, just people that I know for the most part, but still, it seemed to work, and it did take, a, I think, a 16-minute video here. So this is something that I'm going to play around with a little bit more. I don't know if the type of content that I do 
is the type of content that's compatible with what people on Instagram expect. I do long form detailed reviews of specific things, which I think is tuned better for people that are searching for a product as opposed to just browsing. Um, but we'll see what happens because if I can park the video here, Instagram does have a decent discoverability engine, but I don't have high expectations about this working for me. Uh, primarily because Facebook owns Instagram and we know how bad Facebook is for creators. Now there's a couple of platforms that just flat out rejected me. Uh, one of them is called Nebula, which is rather interesting to me. This is run by a group of YouTube creators. Unlike Floatplane, people subscribe to the platform and not individual creators. So on Floatplane, anyone that you want to watch, you have to subscribe to individually. Here, you pay Nebula, and then Nebula will distribute a share of subscriber revenue to the creators based on how long people watch for. It's very similar to how the YouTube premium tier works in that there's a pool of money, and it gets divvied up by how many minutes each creator gets from those subscribers. Uh, but they're not taking anybody new. I've emailed them a few times. I've never even gotten like a rejection, just no response at all. I want to thank Chris Allegretta, who did reach out to them on Twitter and kind of got a non-answer here from one of the people that runs the platform. So it's definitely kind of closed off here uh, for any kind of growth. I think this group is happy with what they have, and I wish them all the best, but it's not going to be something that you'll find me on uh, anytime soon unless they do email me, but we'll uh, see what happens later. Uh, one that I tried over the weekend, I just got flat out rejected from on a TOS violation of all things. Uh, this is called Daily Motion. These guys have been around, I think, as long as YouTube has. They're based out of France, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they have obviously pivoted quite a bit over the years. Now they've got very specific content, uh, not much discoverability here, but I think they do okay on search engine optimization. Uh, so this is the front page. You got Rebecca Black, who did that uh, unfortunate music video many years ago, that Friday thing. She's doing some ASMR stuff on the front page here. And they do allow people to join the platform and upload video. So I said, hey, let's give it a shot. So I sent up a video that I did on the Extras channel over the weekend. It was a review of a Raspberry Pi case. This is not controversial by any means. It's a case for a Raspberry Pi. Pretty benign stuff. Uh, it lasted all of six hours until I got this email and they totally booted me off of their platform. So that's the end of my career on Daily Motion. I think I've been thrown out of better, but there you go. They're not looking for a lot of content there either. So I would love to hear from you as to what your YouTube alternatives are. I am sure there are many niche platforms like Nebula and Floatplane out there that might be a good place for me to park some content and see what happens. I don't expect there to be an overarching YouTube competitor anytime soon, but I do think there's opportunities to build communities around niche content like Floatplane is doing that I think can provide some additional revenue and growth opportunities for independent creators. And I am sure I'm missing something, so let me know where I should experiment next with a few video uploads down in the comment section. Now this week's wrap up is being brought to you by all of you. And I wanna thank a super chatter, Tech Time with Eric for his contribution during one of our recent live streams. And we also have a new YouTube member, Steri, who contributed via the YouTube membership program. I want to thank everyone who contributed this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis and all of you who watch on a regular basis too because all of that equals channel growth. And you can support the channel by going to lon.tv support 
and make a monthly or a one-time contribution to the channel. We have my own donor box page that I prefer, but we also support Patreon, the YouTube membership program, and of course, Floatplane, like we talked about earlier. You can find me on all the different channels that we talked about a little bit earlier in the video here. And one of them on the top there is another YouTube channel, the Extras channel, where we review little things like this and do some unboxings and whatnot. You can engage with the channel via my very infrequent email list, the Facebook group, the Discord, and then we have a store where I sell the items that I purchased to review here on the channel and I'm looking to get rid of. These are pretty much brand new, just had long enough to review. Uh, and often you can find those at a much lower than retail cost. And if you want to get notified every time we add something to the store, you can go to lon.tv slash store alert, and I'll push out an email every time we get new items up on that site. But remember, there's only one of everything, so you got to move quick when you get that email. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. Thank you all for your continued feedback and viewership. Uh, let me know what you thought about these YouTube alternatives down in the comments section. And until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including Gold Level supporters Jim Tannis and Tom Albrecht, Hot Sauce and Video Games and Eric's Variety Channel, Brian Parker and Frank Goldman, Amda Brown and Matt Zagaya, and Chris Allegretta. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv support to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.